Welcome to a time of worship and prayer to connect with our Creator, heart, soul, and mind. In Matthew 22, the Sadducees ask Jesus what the greatest commandment is. His answer is twofold. He replies, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So friends, this time is a time set aside for us to worship and pray, not only with our minds, but with our hearts and souls, so that we can be transformed from the inside out and love our neighbors as ourselves. My hope with these weekly meditations is to give us space to reflect on what we heard in the sermon. How do we take what we heard on Sunday and know in our heads to be true and let it transform our hearts into the likeness of Christ? So wherever you are, I just invite you to take a deep breath in through the nose and let it out through your mouth. In through the nose and out through the mouth. One more time, in through the nose and out through the mouth, in through the nose. This time, seal the lips and exhale through the nose. Continue breathing with your own rhythm of breath, in through the nose and out through the nose. Genesis 2-7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. So as you begin to just notice your breath, take a moment to give thanks to the one who gave you that breath and know that he is as close to you as your next breath. This is a practice of curiosity So I just invite you to begin to notice what your breath is like. As you inhale, notice if your breath is high up in your chest. Or maybe you can feel your breath all the way down to the bottom of your belly. Can you let your ribs expand, let your belly expand as you take a deep breath in? And then as you exhale, imagine you're emptying all the air like you're emptying a balloon. And then just let each breath become a little more expansive than the last. The more that I learn about the breath and the calming effects it has on our nervous system, the more I am amazed at God's design. Of course, he designed us to be calmed by breathing in his breath of life. Wherever you are, if you're seated, I invite you to plant your feet firmly on the ground and sit up nice and tall. Maybe you're walking as you're listening to this. If so, begin to notice your feet as they move along the ground. Or maybe you're lying down. Wherever you are, I just invite you to relax your shoulders. Relax your jaw. 
Release your tongue from the roof of your mouth. And just continue to deep breathe. In through the nose. Out through the nose. The breath of life. In order to connect our minds to our hearts and our souls, we're going to practice this practice of breath prayer. This practice of breath prayer is the intentional linking of our breath with a word or a short phrase. Breathing is something that comes naturally. It's automatic and continuous and involuntary. And when we begin to let our inhales and our exhales represent an intentionally chosen prayer, we begin to live out Paul's instructions in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 to pray without ceasing. So in the quiet of your heart, on your next inhale, whisper, The Lord has done great things for me. And as you exhale, I am glad. Inhale, the Lord has done great things for me. And exhale, I am glad. Take a moment to just breathe and pray it out with your own rhythm of breath. Inhaling, the Lord has great done, great done great things for me. And exhale, I am glad. This week our reading comes from Psalm 126. We're continuing in our series of Psalms of the Ascent as we continue to prepare ourselves to come into the presence of the Lord. Psalm 126 reads, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Today I just want to focus on the first four words of the psalm. When the Lord restored. As Aaron pointed out, it says when the Lord restored, not if the Lord restored, but when. The Lord will deliver you. The Lord will deliver you. Is this something that you can believe? So this psalm reminds us that when the Lord restores us, our mouths should be filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. Why? Our mouths should be filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy so that the people watching us, the nations among them, can say, the Lord has done great things for them. Friends, this is our witness, our testimony. Are we missing the opportunity to witness to people and taking credit ourselves rather than giving the glory to God. 
So my invitation for you today is just to consider what it looks like when you have been restored, when you have been delivered, when you have made your way through a hard circumstance. Do you give the glory to God or do you take the credit for yourself saying, look at me, this is a result of how hard I worked. Is your mouth filled with laughter and joy and pointing people back to the one who restored you? As James 1.17 reminds us, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Aaron asks the question, how many times do we miss opportunities to say, you don't know how good God is? So I just invite you to take a moment with the Lord. Reflect on what your response is when you have been restored. As I say every week, this is not a space of condemnation. There is no condemnation in Christ. Rather, this is just a space of honest reflection and a space for you to get back on the path God desires for you, which is giving Him the glory for the work that He is doing in your life. So take a moment and reflect. Aaron wrapped up the sermon by saying, Peace is the most attractive thing we have to offer in this world. Where does that peace come from? It comes from knowing that God will deliver and restore you. No matter what your circumstance may look like, He will restore you. And as you walk with peace and confidence of that truth through your life, let your mouth be filled with laughter and joy so that you can say to those you connect with along the way, The Lord has done great things for me. I am glad. And then invite them on the journey of knowing the goodness of God with you, where they too can walk with peace, even amongst the turmoil of the world around us. So friends, let the light of Jesus that lives in you shine for others to see, so that when they see it, they can say, The Lord has done great things for them. And I want what they have so that I know this Lord and can be restored too. Father God, we thank you for your word that reminds us that you are the one who restores us and that our proper response to that restoration is laughter and joy. May our lips forever be praising the work it is you are doing in our lives. Forgive us for the times we forget that every good gift is from you and that we take the credit for ourselves. As we move throughout our week, may we be filled with laughter and joy at the restoration you have done in our lives and the restoration yet to come. And may we invite others to know you and the restoration and the peace that only you can provide. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Your 